Secret professional pool player, Naya, with the absolute shot of the year. Plus, Brad and MJ keep on beefing. Kellyanne takes aim at the treehouse. It's Nehemiah's birthday. Well, you know, close enough. Puzzle reputations and curses alike are put on full display. And thank the challenge. Gods, we have finally given these poor people a device to do a scratch-off-based challenge with that is not their fingernails. It's the Challenge All-Stars 3 Episode 6 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. On the pod today, we are breaking down another hard-hitting episode of All-Stars 3. This the sixth out of what seems like maybe is only going to be eight total episodes, as we got some hints of that dropped from TJ throughout this particular episode. More on that later. Our usual list of Cliff Notes recaps, storyline breakdowns, awards to hand out will follow, but first, a few programming notes. First of those... Posted a podcast on Monday, two days ago. So previous podcast in this feed posted on Monday Monday covering some recent challenge news, namely the three topics of the Challenge USA, the season 38 theme and cast spoilers, and the challenge documentary promo that aired on Sunday. Admittedly, I was a little down on all of it. I had my reservations about all three of those topics and the news coming out around them, but That is what I shared, and when you've got those nervous feelings about something you love as much as I love the challenge and the entire challenge universe, then you've got to get them out in the world. you got to get them off their chest. So check that out if you have not already. Then, this Friday, we covered the future on Monday. We're covering the present today. We're covering the past on Friday. I will be posting the Battle of the Sexes 2 full season recap podcast, as well as posting a bunch of stuff from that particular season on the Challenge Historian Instagram page, at Challenge Historian, uh, starting Friday throughout the weekend. So follow along there for additional Battle of the Sexes 2 content. Listen to that pod. Go binge watch it this weekend, then listen to the pod if you must, but the Challenge Rewatch series rolls on this Friday, Season 9, Battle of the Sexes 2. Then next week, we will be back down to just a more regular one or two podcast at most, all-Stars coverage continues on Wednesdays, of course, and then the hope is that the fall next Friday, I will have an Inferno 2 podcast ready to go, so we will keep on rolling with that rewatch series as quickly as we are able to do over here at The Historian. With that, thanks so much for being here. That's all the programming notes, so let's dive on into this beef-heavy episode. We start our coverage off as we always must when recapping an episode. We've got to review every single thing that happened. We've got to get our brains wrapped around everything we just saw. Plot is heavy in all challenge episodes, were it to be. So here we go with our Cliff Notes recap. Every single thing that took place in All Stars 3, Episode 6, as quickly as we can, starting in 3, 2, 1, and we are off. 
Back at the house, everyone is happy that Beth is gone, and Sylvia is holding a sabotage right in Kellyanne's face, who ignores it and goes to have a sweet call home to her boyfriend and doggos. Meanwhile, MJ ices his knee while Brad talks some smack about MJ to Mark and Derek, wondering how hurt that knee really even is. Off to a daily challenge called Stacked, where they have to scratch off a board to reveal a code, use that code to unlock a paddleboard, paddle out to retrieve puddle pieces, then paddle to the beach, put that puzzle together, and you win. People eliminate each section of the course until three remain at the puzzle first one done makes that authority sabotages are doled out sylvia going surprise not on kellyanne and instead on john a because of her puzzle prowess and mark openly asking who wants his with mj taking it thinking he was probably not going to win anyways men go first and mark and mj find themselves out at the first checkpoint then wes and nehemiah are out second checkpoint and get to enjoy a nice little leisure paddle back to land together all the while brad Derek, and jordan are cruising but it is brad for the third time this season taking home an individual win women up next with naya getting out to a big lead only to be caught by John A, Ronnie, and Kellyanne, who end up as the final three at the puzzle. Kellyanne knocks her nearly complete puzzle over, but then when Ronnie can't find her last piece, Kellyanne comes all the way back, rebuilds, and gets the win. TJ announces that the next daily will be the final sabotages of the season before everyone heads back to the house, where John A, Naya, and Kellyanne talk about grouping up against the treehouse women, and Sylvia calls home to read her stepson the riot act about his recent grade card. Birthday party is held, kind of for Nehemiah, but also kind of for a bunch of people, but also kind of just as an excuse to have a party and shower the place in glitter. Not a lot of partying goes down, more game talk than anything, as usual, including Kellyanne offering to work with Sylvia, only for that conversation to go as exactly as poorly as expected. The authority meets, aka Brad and Kellyanne, who decide to let each other pick their own genders, going with Sylvia for the women, MJ for the men, no surprise there. At the arena, they are clearly about to do something that is a maze or a puzzle, not physical, which means Sylvia audibles from picking John A to Naya last second when picking her opponent. MJ then goes straight for Derek, thinking that's his best bet with a puzzle-based challenge. The game is called Starstruck. It's a vertical maze with three star-shaped cutouts along the way. They must maneuver a pole that has three matching star shapes along the shaft through the maze, pulling it further out at each passing star until the whole pole comes out through the wall. Use that pole then to hit a ball through a whole pool cue style, and you win. The women go first this time, and just when it seems like Naya is getting frustrated, she finds a groove with a little help from Jordan, flies through the maze, and then knocks her very first shot of the ball through the hole and wins in stunning fashion. That is followed by the men, where MJ struggles big time on the maze. Meanwhile, Derek gets through quick, but then can't make the shot. And after about a dozen tries, he does finally find a way to get the ball through his own footprints and into the hole for the win. Derek now has four stars, the most in the game. Naya has two, and MJ and Sylvia, they are headed home. What a action-packed episode it really was a lot going on but that lot going on really boils down storyline wise to pretty much just Kellyanne versus Sylvia most of the episode with a little a little helping of Brad versus MJ but really if we're talking storylines in this episode it's Kellyanne versus the treehouse and in this particular episode in this particular moment that boils down to Kellyanne versus Sylvia And that is the main storyline, the first one we're going to talk about, and by far the one we're going to talk about the most. So let's get into it. Kellyanne versus the Treehouse, but really Sylvia. Now, where I want to start this conversation is that I want to do a little bit of an investigation, because throughout this episode, 
uh, and especially at the end of it, which, spoiler alert, which I shouldn't have to say because I'm guessing you're listening to a recap podcast because you've already watched the episode, the end, end of the episode, to jump all the way to the end, it sees Sylvia going home and her being quite upset about it and saying a lot of nasty words back to Kellyanne on her way out. And in a little bit saying, you know, framing it as if, Sylvia and or the treehouse has now been wronged or antagonized, if you will, by Kellyanne. But Kellyanne obviously has felt antagonized by the treehouse at all points of this entire season. So who antagonized who? I wanted to answer that question to start us off. Let's do a little investigation. Walk through this episode with me, if you will. And let's decide, was it Kellyanne? Was it Sylvia? Who antagonized who? Who threw the first, you know, the first arrows, if you will? Let's find out, shall we? So, the episode opens with Sylvia borderline taunting Kellyanne with a sabotage. She's openly saying that, you know, of course Kellyanne's going to get it. Obviously, she's, you know, me and my alliance's main target. She's very open about their alliance. The whole treehouse is at this point, still is, has been the whole whole time, really. And uh, I'm going to say that when you taunt, one person taunts the other with a sabotage, a, a disadvantage in the game. I'm going to go ahead and give the first point of this investigation to Sylvia. And these points are uh, whoever has the most at the end is probably who I'm going to label the antagonist in the situation. So first point on the board for Sylvia. Sylvia then chooses at the Daily Challenge to not sabotage Kelly Ann, but she does so for a specific reason. She does so because she thinks Kellyanne, well, Kellyanne freaked out at that last puzzle, so she's probably not very good at them, and John A's really good, so you know what? I'm not even worried about the person we're trying to take out of this game, Kellyanne, during this because I think she's going to blow it, and I want to get John A with this thing instead. That backfires, and while, you know, it seems like, hey, she didn't put it on Kellyanne, like, she shouldn't get a point for being an antagonist, that's a really backhanded way to not give someone a disadvantage because you think they've already given themselves a disadvantage in it. So for backhanded reasons, another point to Sylvia and the treehouse for being the antagonist in this situation. Quickly, though, on that choice, the idea of it was pretty smart on Sylvia's on Sylvia's uh, end of things, of looking at it and being like, we're going for this specific person, but there it's four to three here numbers-wise on the female side of my alliance versus the other three women, and John A is a big threat, and this seems like it's going to come down to the puzzle, and so why not go for the biggest threat that's a puzzle person who is not in our alliance and hope that the person who we're going for, who has shown to get a little on edge during a puzzle, maybe we can beat them in this. Maybe it's not a game designed for them. The only part she missed, and you know, this was, uh, you know, not everyone would necessarily know this about Kellyanne, but at this point, if you've been living in the house with her for a few weeks, you're very aware that she's big on yoga, which doesn't necessarily mean that you know she also does paddleboard yoga, which, by the way, as someone who paddleboards a lot um, and who has attempted yoga on a paddleboard once and failed miserably, as I fail miserably at all yoga variations, especially the incredibly hard variation that is doing it on a paddleboard, uh, you know, maybe she could have spotted that. Maybe she could have known that Kellyanne's going to smoke that portion and that's going to give her a huge lead and guarantee her to be one of the only three people left at the end. Who knows? But it was a, it was a pretty smart move on Sylvia's part. It just happened to backfire regardless two to nothing antagonism points to Sylvia. Then when Sylvia, when Kellyanne wins, Sylvia is caught, overheard, saying in the background, when I act like that, when I win, just shoot me. So 
I'm going to go ahead and give her another point for being the antagonist in this situation. We're now at three to nothing on Sylvia's side to her credit, Kellyanne. Yes, she jumps up and down. She screams. Here's the thing about celebrating on the challenge. You should celebrate when you win something on the challenge. And there are ways that are more respectful than others. But the idea that everyone is supposed to be like cool, calm, and collected and just win and be like, oh, yeah, I did that. Then you're going to call them cocky. Then you're going to you know, call them overconfident, smug, arrogant, whatever. Because it's the challenge. It's a reality television show. There's supposed to be drama. These people are all professionals on the all-stars version of this. They know that. So however anyone reacts, the people that want to be against them are going to find a way to react negatively. That's what's going on here. Kellyanne didn't do anything uh, you know, outrageous by jumping around and screaming a little bit and just having joy at overcoming a puzzle and literally having knocked her puzzle over in the moment to be like, oh, I just blew it. I was in the lead and I just blew it. And then I came all the way back and rebuilt the whole thing in one. Of course, she's going to celebrate a little bit. So three to nothing, Sylvia on the points. Then we're back at the house. Kellyanne gets Naya and John A and talks some shit on the treehouse, which finally uh, the rest of the house is like, hey, there's this one big alliance Maybe we should, the rest of us should talk about working together against them. Uh, maybe I'm guessing that has already happened. Maybe this is the first time we're just seeing a glaringly obvious example of the rest of the women being like, hey, you know what would be cool? If all of us, uh, John A, Naya, Kelly, and we're all strong players, what if we work together against them? So it was nice to see that they finally got that together. Um, however, they were talking a lot of shit, which earns Kellyanne a point, her first of the investigation, but also... This is where we got to mention the treehouse has been targeting Kellyanne and previously Kellyanne and Kendall, specifically the twosome, all season long. So we should probably give a retroactive point, and it should really be more, but we'll just do one retroactive point for Sylvia. So now we're all the way up to four to one, Sylvia to Kellyanne on the antagonism investigation here. Then we go to Kellyanne wanting to chat at the birthday party. She offers, uh, she pulls Sylvia aside. She says something to the effect of, you know, I, I get it. You know, I'm a little upset. You know, I, it stinks that I've been targeted by you and all your friends. But I told, I get it. And she offers to work together. And that does not go over very well. Uh, Sylvia, let us, go ahead and just let us know how, how bad that went over. Going up to Kellyanne and having this conversation literally tastes like vinegar, every single word that's coming out of my mouth. It's literally painful, but I do it because this half a million dollars would be huge for my family. This is why I'm here. The first little taste of power that she gets and she's on a fucking power trip. So, okay, sis, I see you. I don't give a shit if it was a million dollars or not. Kellyanne can actually eat shit with an extra side of gluten. So that's where that conversation ends. Um, and uh, this is a, a very, very smart play from Kellyanne. Gotta say, real hats off from a strategy perspective and from a just using your power in every possible way you can to be manipulative or to just kind of have some fun. Uh, this feels a lot like, you know, um, I could just mention it here. One of our random one-offs from this episode was I, I was uh, enjoyed or found interesting that they mentioned, the Wes mentioned that he and Kellyanne did date once upon a time. I wasn't sure if that was ever going to come up in any way or not. Um, but it does as he tries to help her, give her some tips and whatnot, and he mentions that they were together. In this moment, Kellyanne talking to Sylvia very much felt like she was enjoying it the way a Wes enjoys playing with power in this game. So I liked those two things kind of being somewhat near each other in the episode. But Kellyanne sits her down, says, you know, we could work together. 
and it feels like she is genuine in wanting to see if Sylvia would fuck over her alliance. That is a genuine offer to work together because Kellyanne knows there's two ways this could go. Sylvia could be like, you know what? Kayla looks pretty strong too, so maybe maybe we want to do something. Maybe I want to pull some crazy big backstab. You're right. I'll, I'll work with you. Or she just says, no, thank you. And that's totally fine because then... You know, she continues to just strong armor and okay, if you don't want to work with me, then you're going into elimination. So it is a complete and utter strong arm by Kellyanne using her power uh, vindictively, manipulatively in some way and, you know, making a play for would you be willing to totally fuck over one of your friends? Okay, no, then you can go into elimination. So point for Kellyanne there. Uh, Sylvia does respond, though, to that offer by literally only saying, sure, what about John A. and Naya? That would be great, right? Knowing that that will go absolutely nowhere, which is a proper petty retort to this offer to work together, but also is a petty retort. So another point for Sylvia there. And then at that point, the vote in happens, the eventual loss happens. And so we're looking at five to two Sylvia versus Kellyanne um, when we add in the retroactive points and all of that. So it's a landslide victory in this in this investigation that I'm going to case close. Sylvia and the treehouse were certainly the antagonism, antagonisms, antagonists in this situation of the treehouse versus Kellyanne for the, not just this episode, but the entire the entire season. They started it. Kellyanne, nothing's finished at this point. Kellyanne's still a woman on her own. Um, maybe John A and I are willing to work with her now, but uh, you know, nothing's finished, but first strike back has taken place. And if we want to throw any extra bit onto a, you know, a little epilogue, if you will, on our investigation, the case is closed, nothing's changing it, but we also remember that uh, this started as the Treehouse versus Kellyanne and Kendall, specifically just because. Kellyanne and Kendall were threats in the game uh, physically to the Treehouse women, and which is, you know, the appropriate play by them. Be like, all right, we've got this alliance. Who's the best players not in our alliance? Let's take them out. All's fair here. No one's doing anything, um, you know, untoward. And But Kendall literally <laughs> was so nice and was willing to not take a shot back that she out of nowhere just threw a sabotage on MJ that one time. So, uh, yeah, if we need a little epilogue on this for sure was the Treehouse bringing the antagonism towards Kelly and in the first place, that is that. So investigation complete. Now we did also get some backstory on Kelly Ann and Sylvia, both this episode, which I enjoyed. I really like getting to see when they get to do their calls home. Uh, still want to know what the rules are around how often they're allowed to do that and what, what communications are allowed. All of that always have questions as usual about what actually goes on, what's allowed, what's not allowed in this house. But regardless, sometimes these calls home are, you know, they're almost always a signal that these people are front and center this episode. So when you see Kellyanne and Sylvia both get to make one, you're, you know, you kind of know when Kellyanne makes it, you're like, oh, she's either going to like probably win the daily challenge and have power or she's going into elimination. One of the two. And then when Sylvia gets to make hers post Kellyanne winning, you're like, Sylvia's going into elimination. Seems pretty cut and dry here. But even if that little editing gives it away, sometimes they can be a little boring of like, you're only showing us this to try to give us something about this person who's about to go into elimination. Um, but other times they're like a really good insightful view into someone's life. And we learn a lot about them as people and they're sweet or they're funny or they're, you know, dramatic or heartfelt. And sometimes they're, you know, 
can be a, a bummer. They can weigh on the heart when we find out about the struggles these people are going through. But that, at its core, is you know another tenet of what makes this show great is we're seeing the real raw versions of these people to some more than others, but all of them to at least some extent getting to see their real real selves, their raw lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, all in between. But we get Kellyanne calling home. Uh, first off, boyfriend, really cute, seems really cool, seems really nice, super into dogs. They seem great. So liked the boyfriend from the brief uh, bit we got. Don't know if we got his name, but I'm just going to go with Kellyanne's boyfriend because I don't remember. Then we find out uh, the most Probably the most interesting thing we find out is that Kellyanne has been for a few years suffering from, I believe she said metal poisoning and mold poisoning, um, and uh, that's causing, you know, I think more than just di- a lot more than just digestive issues and whatnot, but is something she's learning to how to live with, um, and in in, in conjunction with that, that there's it's often that she's not feeling her best. She's also in the moment at the time of the call says that she's openly been sick for three or four days in the house, which, uh, always also good to know. We don't, we don't have updated injury reports or health reports on these people. Every episode, the way, you know, in sports, the sports world, we go into a game. We know if someone is, uh, happened to be playing that game a little under the weather or they're not playing because of this injury. Um, so it's always interesting to find out, Oh, this person's currently competing and they've been like legit sick for days on end. So interesting to find out there. And hopefully, you know, here's the hope in, uh, all that she's going through is, you know, nothing that is, uh, you know, the severity of it is as low as possible and is something that can be overcome or, you know, always, always worked on, made better. And so thoughts with Kellyanne on that and interesting to kind of get that backstory. We hadn't, I don't believe we had heard about that on All Stars 1. I may be mistaken, um, but the way it was positioned in this episode and with her speaking about it, I don't think we did. Um, and then we also, of course, find out which something I believe we've heard her say a time or two before, which is her main goal to win this money is to open her dream job, her dream business, which is a dog sanctuary. And we have commented at length on Kellyanne's love for animals and specifically dogs is knows no bounds and is beautiful and pure and wonderful. We get a shot of her dog during this call, one of her dogs. Um, and that's fun and amazing. And so that's also a wonderful thing. If she were to end up winning this season, a wonderful thing to put the money towards. And you know, you just absolutely know that that would bring so much joy to her life. So as someone who opened this very season saying we were not only rooting for Kellyanne to win, but we were also predicting her to win, makes me even more convicted uh, in those, or more conviction in those feelings of wanting her to win, to know that it would lead to possibly her starting that dog sanctuary. Then we get the Sylvia call, find out she's married, has a stepson, was not aware of that, was fun to see that and get to see a glimpse into her life. And she is making the call one just to check in and say hello that's wonderful but mostly to get on her stepson about his recent report card which she's literally holding or maybe that's not actually the report card i don't know maybe it's just a paper but she like holds it up as if to say like i'm i've seen this report card what is this and i've got so many questions i how does she have the report card um, do they have a printer in the house that they're allowed to use? Does that mean they're all, you know able to get emails? And so she got like an email that had the report card in it, and then she printed it out for emphasis when knowing when she was going to call her stepson and confront him about it. Or 
Did dad, who we didn't get to meet on this call, did dad literally mail the report card to Panama with the note saying, hey, can you handle this? I know you're busy, but like, here, you you talk to him. I don't want to. Just so many questions. I want to know how she ended up with it. And I so, so, so feel this kid's pain. He's getting this call from his mom. He's like, my mom's off doing some super cool thing. She's on TV or something. She's competing, whatever. Cool. She's calling to check in. I get to see her. I love my mom. Here we go. Great. And then mom picks up the phone and is like, hey, what's with these grades, kid? And he's like, dude, you're not even here. Like, what? What? You're not supposed to know about this right now. I was supposed to get off. You know, just this one was supposed to go on by. You were gone. You were busy. No one knows. No one cares. Just let me let me be. And now mom from however thousand, hundreds, thousands, whatever miles away Panama is from wherever they live. She's still right on top of him, which, you know. Good mother, let's get good grades, everyone out there. But also, I feel I feel the kid's pain thinking he thinking he got away with this one that he you know comes home with the report card. It's like, ooh, great timing. School, mom's gone for possibly weeks. She'll never know about this one, and I've got time to get the next ones to look a little better before she can have any sort of reaction. Nope, not the case. So we get those backstories, and then obviously Kellyanne wins the. Daily challenge, Sylvia eventually loses the elimination on the Kellyanne winning front. This is a huge moment in the season because, you know, as someone who, as I just said, predicted Kellyanne to win the whole season, definitely has been one of the favorites all along. I think objectively has been one of the favorites coming into the season and throughout it, and that has been backed up by the fact everyone in the house, you know, the big alliance is like, we've got to go against her because she's the biggest threat to win. Um, even with other winners and past winners and recent winners like a John A in the house, Kellyanne's never won, but they're like, we know that's, you know, that's as tough as the competition's going to get. And the really only weakness Kellyanne had shown at all in any way was she had kind of freaked out over that puzzle in the second episode. And that was really the only thing and going into a final. It's like, she's, you know, pretty clearly got the strength, the agility to match or even superior to anyone in the house. On the female side, she's got the endurance to match or even superior to anyone else on the female side. And so really it comes down to strategy of if there is any strategic moments of picking partners or something like that, or really puzzles that you know there's going to be some puzzles and maybe eating, I guess, is always the wild card. But the puzzles were the only thing of like, hey, if there's a way Kellyanne gets to a final and probably doesn't win, it's I would assume it's because, you know, she took a long time on a puzzle that someone else got through in seconds or multiple puzzles, whatever. But so to have her come back, have that in her head, that idea in her head, have someone say, I'm not sabotaging you because I think you'll freak out over the puzzle. And then for her to walk up to the puzzle, finish it first nearly, but then knock it all over to knock away her chance at this big joyous moment, only to rebuild the whole thing so fast that she still does win. That's a big time confidence boost. And that kind of erases the one weakness where, you know, it's not in her head the way it would have been if they wouldn't have done a puzzle, if she wouldn't have made it to the puzzle on this daily challenge. And the first time she's being presented with another one would be in the final. Those thoughts of what happened, the previous one are naturally going to be in your head and it is going to affect you. Maybe only a little, maybe a lot though. And now she has this in her head instead of remember when I did that puzzle twice in the amount of time John A and Ronnie could do it once. That's a big confidence boost. That is going to make her incredibly tough to beat if she is able to get to that final. On the Sylvia side, the loss, she played a great game. She competed really, really well. 
And I will say for one of the quote undeserving unquote, that is not from me, but is definitely, you know, uh, thrown out about her and others that are newer to the world of the challenge that are now starting to appear on all stars. And, you know, it's, you know, the discussion of, are they deserving of being called all stars or not? Should they only be back on the flagship versus this for someone who is the quote unquote, one of the undeserving players to be on all stars. I think she absolutely showed why she is completely all star worthy. She's given us quotes all season. She is playing strategically and trying to make moves, which is all good and all entertaining. She is being raw about being scared or nervous or anxious, you know, half the time or more that she's out there even doing a daily challenge or making a decision or whatever, which is nice to see someone like, I do want to play this game. It also terrifies me at times, but I'm here to play and I'm going to play and I'm going to overcome all that, that fear and everything. Love seeing that. She can be petty, which is always great in Challenge House. And she has a shot of winning stuff. As she showed, she performed very well in winning a daily, uh, winning two daily challenges. The first, did she, she won the very first one, right? I think I got that wrong on a previous podcast when it said Kayla had won multiple when it was actually Sylvia the first time and last week. So she competes really well. She proved herself all-star worthy and is, you know, knocked out at the end in uh, in an elimination round versus a great competitor in Naya who happened to not only fly through a maze, but then one shot that, uh, that shot seems like, I think what happened to Derek is what would happen to the average person trying to do that. That does not look easy. Um, And the fact that Naya just did it first shot is incredible. So no harm there for Sylvia being like, yeah, someone I went up against someone who did the whole thing incredibly fast. I did not perform badly or anything. I just got beat by someone who put forward an A plus performance and I might have very well been on my way to an A performance, but you go up against something like that. You lose. That's how it happens. So Sylvia is gone. Kellyanne assumes even more power, even more stature as the odds on favorite within the house. And we move on to our second story. The rest of the storylines really, we're going to breeze through these quick because it, it truly was the entire episode was basically Kellyanne versus Sylvia. They, they not only, I mean, let's look at the stats real quick here. They, Sylvia had 17 confessionals, Kellyanne 14 and uh, the rest of the the house combined might not have had anywhere even near that. Um, might not even almost you know there's a couple people with seven, eight, nine here for nine for MJ as he goes home. But yeah, they dominated this episode. They were the storytellers. They were the story. But there was a, some other things going on though. The other main one to breeze through: Brad versus MJ. It continues. It eventually finally ends after episode after episode of this uh, you know beef going on that. It, it ultimately isn't that interesting nor because I don't think there's any actual real beef or bad feelings that'll hold over or bad feelings that started this. It was just logic from both sides, um, logic from Brad's side and log- uh, understandable anger from MJ's side because you know I get why Brad has continued to go for him. He comes into the game and he his only mistake was coming into the game with too many good friends, honestly, because he comes in the game. And he's got Wes and Nehemiah on one side. He's like, those are my boys. We ride or die together, you know, in my wedding, this, that, and the other. And then I got Derek, Mark, and Darrell, my boys, ride or die. We've done these together. And, you know, we came up on the show together, that. And so he's got this huge group that he's playing with. And out of the four or five other options he's got to pick from, 
initially when he has to pick someone to throw it on, he's like, all right, uh, you know, MJ has as little ties to my big group as any of these people. And he won last season. So whatever, I'll just pick MJ. And then once he picks him one time, he does what is most of the time. And I think in this case was the smart thing of just saying, I guess I'm just going to pick you any, anytime I have to make a decision that negatively hurts someone, I'm going to pick you because you already don't like me over this. And that's just the way the game goes from time to time. And I get why MJ then has a point, uh, a reason to be totally livid about this because the only thing he can retort back with is one, it sucks to be the person on the receiving end of the, you're, you picked me once kind of randomly, but now you feel like you have to pick me every time. Um, that sucks that a random choice ended up with you throwing sabotage after sabotage and elimination after elimination at me. And also what happened to picking Jordan every time because the only thing I think, I don't know if MJ would have said it and we just didn't see it, but he could have said in this instance is, hey, I thought we were all trying to get Jordan out because he's going to beat us in the final. And if you're worried, like if we pick Jordan, Jordan's going to go up against one of, uh, you know, he's going to pick someone in my alliance to go against in the elimination. Well, like, so am I as if speaking as MJ. And so, you know, I guess at least you say that and make Brad say the words, well, I think Jordan beats any of us in an elimination and maybe one of us can beat you. Make him at least say that, make him at least add a little to the antagonism. Um, but he doesn't. And so I get why MJ's totally mad, but I get also why Brad kind of made a random choice early on and then, you know, decided he had to stick with it. Cause that's the way the game crumbles. Sometimes again, it's not all that interesting of a beef to me because I don't think there was any bad feelings that started it. I think it was just kind of random and then became a part of the game and it is what it is. MJ's going home. Big bummer. Love MJ. Um, hope to see him back and hope that his knees fully recovered. Knowing now, I'm glad, you know, I'm bummed that he injured his knee whenever he did or what through ever what events were the injuries or re-injuries and whatnot. I know he had to have surgery at some point in real life. I did say coming into the season, I was really hopeful that it wasn't a result of like a really bad re-injury on this show. And so glad to see him, you know, walking out of there confidently without ever you know, doing any severe damage to that knee that he was struggling on. So, uh, all, all hopes that he is healed or still, if he's still healing, healing fast and coming back strong and that we get to see him again. As for the daily and the elimination, quick touch on the sporting events of the episode, the daily challenge really good, liked 99% about it. One part I'm slightly torn on, but first and foremost, the biggest thing to say is thank God when he when TJ said the first part of it was going to be scratching, I I cringe. When I hear the word scratch in the world of the challenge, I cringe so hard because there's been so many times in the past where they have made these poor people scratch things with their nails. Sometimes it's not the worst version of it, but there's no good version of it. They're all bad. Some are just truly torturous versions that they've had to do before where there's, you know, pieces of paint and little sharp shit just going under your nails and you're scratching off the one time. I forget what season it was, uh, 30, 31, 32, somewhere in there where they all got in a big glass box that was completely covered in tape or whatever. And like six of them together had to scratch their way out is horrifying. It, it's so, it, it makes my hands hurt. Even literally talking about it right now, I'm like actively cringing and moving in my chair and my hands are moving. I don't like it. So thank goodness they finally came around to their senses of the scratching things off can be cool. And it's interesting because you can have the, you know, Naya literally one swoop just picks the exact spot where that number is going to be and happens to get it. And she's off. Other people are like, I've scratched off 90% of this thing. How have I not found this? But it's, they just haven't found the right spot. 
let them always use something that is not their fingers to scratch. Please, thank you. Appreciate it seeing that. Also appreciate it. Love the paddle boards getting used. Big paddleboard enthusiast. Love seeing them go that route versus a kayak or canoe. As much as I enjoy as a big kayak enthusiast, get it, enjoy getting to see them do that and get to see people often almost always struggle in the kayaks or the canoes. The paddle board's a little more of an equal playing field of yes, you can be way good at it the way Kellyanne was, but you can't quite screw it up the way you can the kayak or the canoe, or especially if you fall, you can get right back on uh, versus in the kayak or canoe. You fall, you might be you might be toast. Loved that. The one part I wasn't sure about is I'm not sure how I feel on the people being eliminated throughout the challenge. I kind of want to see a big comeback happen. I kind of want to see everyone standing at the puzzle together at the end. And this might just be the renewed Survivor fan in me who's been watching uh, and loving the last few seasons of Survivor. And they, you know... Their challenges look a kind of a lot more like this particular one does where there's, you know, stages and whatnot, and it almost always ends in a puzzle. There might be some physical stuff before, and then it kind of ends in the puzzle. And so this maybe just reminded me of a couple really awesome challenges on Survivor of recent where, you know, there's been a big comeback on a puzzle or whatever. And so I don't know. Part of me likes that, like, hey, like, your each stage matters in a really big way because you can get be out of the game before you get to the stage you think you're going to excel at. Um, but the other big part of me is kind of like, I want to see, I want to see, you know, Veronica get her number wrong and then be the last one to show up at the puzzle, but then make a big run and be like, oh my god, is she going to somehow come from all the way in the last and win? You know, things like that. So little torn. That's the daily challenge. Really good though overall. The elimination. I found it to be very fun, but also very all starsy, uh, which I, what I mean by that is definitely catering to the older crowd. It's uh, it's interesting how they've woven in and out through these three seasons of all stars. Of yes, we're gonna occasionally make some people do a pole wrestle, and it's gonna be you know pretty brutal on your older than regular challenge years body. But we're also going to weave in the tick. Let's play tic tac toe. The balls will be on fire, so it'll look cool. But it's really easy and short and sweet. Or this one, let's do this maze, which looks cool and is interesting and has real strategy and critical thinking needed. And then you got to do the physical thing of hit the ball through the hole. It again looks cool. It leads to an awesome moment with Naya making it on the first one. Um, leads to possible. Uh, you know, Derek almost really blew that by what Brad very astutely points out of every time he missed, he was running through his own path, causing it to undulate and the footprints and everything, making it harder and harder to make it. So a lot of interesting things about it, but it did feel very all-starsy to me. Then final thing to do from a storyline perspective, just a little quick alliance check-in. We kind of talked about some alliance things, talking about Kelly and Sylvia, but quick check-in on the men's side. It's very, as it has been for most of the season now, it's truly dwindled down to Jordan's just the odd person out. The rest of the house, the other five, Brad, Mark, Derek, Wes, Nehemiah, that's those five are you know loyal to each other, or at least Brad is the fulcrum point of that. Mark and Derek are very loyal to each other. Wes and Nehemiah are very loyal to each other, and Brad is very loyal to both of those pairs. Will that come to a head? Will that matter at any point? Will Brad have to make some sort of decision that is like, I've got to pick Wes and Nehemiah over Mark and Derek? Or is this just going to purely be like, hey, 
you know, best man win of us five, whoever wins, we're thrown in Jordan. And that means Jordan is picking one of the other four of us to go against. And, you know, someone's going to have to go against him. If we don't want to go against him in the final, it's only the five of us left. We can't try to find a way, you know, with the rules of the game. And now who's left, you know, we lost our chance to get an MJ versus Jordan when the rules of the game were changed and they got to call out people. So Jordan's the odd one out. I'm most interested to see if Brad is eventually put in a very difficult spot. The way they have been, you know, kind of playing up or continually mentioning his loyalties to Wes and Nehemiah and his loyalties to Mark and Derek, it feels like they're setting us up for a real moment of, ah, shit, I got to pick one side or the other. That could be very interesting to see. On the women's side, it's Treehouse versus non-Treehouse, and it is officially tied up 3-3. Three to three. Veronica, Kayla, Ronnie, Kellyanne, Jane, Naya. And I got to say, that latter team, Kellyanne, Jane, Naya, that's three beasts. That's, you know, to say nothing of Veronica, Kayla, Ronnie, obviously a lot of good going on there. But I'd be a little nervous now, and mostly because as much as Kellyanne, Jane, and Naya haven't worked together in the past and haven't even really been working together this season, Veronica, Kayla, Ronnie, the last three remaining of originally what was six people in the treehouse is a very random group that actually coming into this has literally zero ties to each other in any way. Ronnie and Veronica, I guess, uh, would like maybe know of each other, have known each other a little, you know, 20 years ago. But, uh, you know, Veronica was really tied in with Tina and Jemmy to the degree and Kayla with Sylvia and Ronnie was kind of just the one that ended up in the room was like, I got to make friends. You guys seem cool. Now we're friends. Now we're an alliance. Now those three feel kind of random together versus three that are also kind of random, but a lot of high, I mean, that's a, a murderer's row of all six women left. So is, you know, one side going to take power over the other? Who's going to call out who is really the most interesting thing left because there is no obvious, like, you know, if Kelly and John A. Naya, one of them wins, they're, you know, who do they, is it Ronnie, is it Veronica, or do they go big and, like, Kayla's been winning stuff, let's try to get her, but then Kayla's going to call one of us out, and vice versa. The other side have the same thing of, like, all three of these people are good, we want Kellyanne out the most, but that, that means one of us would have to go against her. Who, if Kellyanne's thrown in, would she pick? Would she pick Ronnie? Would she pick Veronica? Would she go for Kayla? Who knows? I have no idea who on the, I feel like on the men's side, I just know kind of like Jordan's going to get thrown in and he's going to pick one of them. He's probably going to pick either Wes or Nehemiah, depending if Wes is available or if Wes isn't available, he'll go for Wes's best friend to just, you know, be as you know big of a dick to Wes as possible. And, but on the women's side, I have no idea who would call out who um, in this power struggle that is now three to three. Only random one-offs from this episode. I already acknowledged the one. Wes acknowledging he and Kellyanne dated once upon a time on the show. Wasn't sure if that was going to happen at any point on the season and was nice to see that it does. And then the next week on, we find out that, of course, they thankfully, if it is the last Daily Challenge next episode, they've saved the best for last. It will be trivia. And that, as always, is amazing. To the awards we go and easily are going to be our quickest awards segment of the season because starting off with best quote, as we always do, honestly, there was only one even nominated. This was a uh, really, really, you know, like a desert for quotes here. We were really going without. I thought we almost weren't going to have any, but Sylvia saved us by at least giving us one worthy nominee. We played it for you before. We'll play it one more time talking about Kelly and Post having had the conversation where Kellyanne kind of asks if she wants to work together. Let's hear it one more time from Sylvia. 
the first little taste of power that she gets and she's on a fucking power trip. So, okay, sis, I see you. I don't give a shit if it was a million dollars or not. Kellyanne can actually eat shit with an extra side of gluten. Given knowing that Kellyanne has, I'm guessing is someone who doesn't eat gluten and also knowing, you know, the, the different medical situations she talked about earlier and just seeming, you know, the yoga leads me to think maybe as a certain diet type that definitely doesn't involve gluten. The saying the extra side of gluten just feels like a very specific type of mean and a specific type of funny. So I appreciate Sylvia really thinking that one through. Um, but that's the only nominee, so that's also the winner for the best quote. Then moving to the best moment, four nominees, two of which we've talked about before, which are Kellyanne trying to work with Sylvia. I just enjoyed the entire interaction that they had during that. Second one being Naya making that shot on the first shot and the deserved celebration afterwards. Loved everything about that. The other two that we haven't mentioned, one of them, Nehemiah and Wes on the paddle boards together. They both, it's, you know, five people make it onto paddle boards. Only three make it to the puzzle. Wes and Nehemiah end up being the odd ones out. And they do a full little thing with confessionals over, over sunset views, over them paddle boarding together, talking about how great it is to go on a little paddle board ride with their best buddy. And it's all fun and nice and sweet and uh, really, really enjoyed all of that. And the final one is during the birthday party or the party that's just labeled as a birthday party so that they have a reason, quote unquote, for the party. Mark pops a bottle of champagne like all over Derek and they like set it up. They make it look real cool and just Derek arms in the air. Great USA themed outfit on bottle of champagne sprayed all over him by Mark. Those two together. Always a great time. Loved seeing that. Feels like they've practiced that at a few Challenge Mania events, potentially, or if not, are practicing it for a future Challenge Mania event. But those are your four nominees for the best moment of the episode, and I've got to give the award to... I'm going to give it to Naya. I would just... Really just blown away, impressed uh, by making that first shot, first try. And not just first try of her round, but no one else had went yet, so they hadn't even seen you know someone else make it or anything. So just unbelievable by her. She gets the award for the best moment. As for episode MVP, you know, this one's obviously going to come down to Kellyanne and Sylvia, but shout out Naya, Derek, MJ. If we had to do a five-person ballot, those three would make the ballot for their contributions, but really it's Kellyanne and Sylvia, and I'm going to go ahead and give the episode MVP to Sylvia. Even in defeat at the end, she was taking shots. She was throwing words. She was the only one trying to give us any good, worthy quotes for the episode, and as we determined in our investigation, as the main antagonist, the main antagonist is usually the most interesting one in a situation. So even though Kellyanne proved victorious in the end, eliminating Sylvia, Sylvia's got to be the MVP of the episode. Finally, let's talk power rankings and predictions. Small changes in the power rankings this week. We're down to the nitty-gritty. We've got six people left. I still, as much is I probably should go one to six. That would be the real ballsy move of me to really put my put my reputation on the line here, rank these all the way down. I'm not good to do it. I'm staying with top three uh, because I feel I've, I kind of feel like there's a big tie. I could almost be like, these are my favorites on both sides and everyone else is kind of in a jumbled tie together. But top three, female side, small change from last week. Last week, it was Kayla, Kelly, and Ronnie. This week, I'm updating it. Kellyanne's taken the top spot back, which is where she originally started the season as my preseason favorite and predicted winner. She is the finals favorite still, and it looks like she's going to make that final. Um, 
if they throw her into elimination, I envisioned her picking Veronica, uh, which will tear my heart apart, having one of my favorite challengers of all time. I love Veronica. Go against the person I'm rooting the most for to win this season. So I hope that doesn't happen. Maybe I get Veronica winning a daily, picking Kellyanne to go in, and then Kellyanne has to pick someone else. I don't know. But I don't know if Kellyanne's even going to go into this final elimination. I don't know if she has any chance of losing it, even if she does. And she feels like the favorite for the final, so she retains or moves back into the top spot. Kayla drops from one to two for me. She's second, still is, you know, the biggest threat to Kellyanne in a final, I feel like, based on how they're performing this season. And also the lowest of the three in the treehouse of Kayla, Ronnie, Veronica, the lowest odds of going into an elimination, I would say, without uh, you know some sort of twist being added in or last place being added back in as a penalty. Um, I think Kayla is the safest, although none of them feel safe. I could see Kayla in an elimination. I could see Ronnie. I could see Veronica. I could see two of them versus each other somehow, some way. But Kayla retains number two. Ronnie retains number three. I think she has a shot to win uh, under the radar shot to win the final if she gets there. And uh, pretty much this came down to Kellyanne's in first. I think Nia and John A are on the outside and the treehouse is wedged between Kellyanne and Nia and John A. And I put Veronica's odds of going into elimination the highest of the three. So she's kind of in fourth place, really. Kellyanne, Kayla, Ronnie, that's the female side. On the male side, Number one stays one. Wes, still a heavy favorite in my mind, just playing a flawless game all the way through. We talked a lot about him last week's episode when he had his big performance. He stays number one. Mark moves up from three to two. He just seems to be sitting the prettiest in the house. I don't see any situation where he gets called out or voted into elimination. So I feel like he's in the final. I feel like he made it through his elimination earlier in the season, his moment of being the the odd random guy out. And at this point, this group left. If Jordan goes in, I don't see Jordan picking Mark of that group as the one he wants to go against for in anything or any reason, or just because he kind of likes him maybe more than the others or has that kind of respect or admiration for him. I don't see anyone, if, if their alliance has to, you know, Jordan wins the daily and puts someone Wes in or someone I don't see anyone in that alliance calling out Mark as the person in the alliance so I just think he's sitting pretty he's in second I have Jordan in third because again if he gets to the final he will win it and I move him up last week I had him on the outside looking in because I thought there was two or, or I thought there was possibly three eliminations left turns out there may have only been two and then he wasn't in this one so there's maybe only one elimination left and, you know, that means I think Jordan's going to end up in it if he doesn't win the daily challenge, but that only means he has to win one more uh, daily and then he can get in the final or one more daily or elimination and then get in the final where I think he will win. So he's got to be in the top three, West Mark Jordan on the men's side. Finally, then the predictions. Really getting excited about the prospects of nailing these preseason predictions. We, of course, all the way back in episode one, got Cyrus and Jemmy the first out. We got those wrong. That was our bad bad prediction during the preseason the rest of our preseason prediction though all still stand we said the finalist would be kellyanne kayla veronica ronnie wes nehemiah brad and mark now we thought there'd be eight it seems like they're now signaling unless there's some double limit or whatever that they're going to take 10 and that there's just eight episodes versus the 10 i thought that there might be but either way all eight still in the running kellyanne and wes i picked as my winners still in the running looking great For this week's episode, I said Wes and Kayla would win the authority. Nope, not even close. I said MJ would go in and go home. 
Nailed that one. Surprisingly, I think that's the first time I've got an elimination uh, loser correct on any prediction this whole season. And then I said Kellyanne would get tried and come through. And by that, I kind of meant that she would end up either end up looking like she was going into elimination or end up in elimination and winning. She does get tried in the fact that they completely come with her with all the force they really can, but she wins the daily challenge, so it doesn't matter. So I'm going to say kind of half true, uh, you know, give myself 50% on the week, one and a half out of three, really one out of three, if we're not being so nice to ourselves for next week, predictions for next week. One, Brad will use his sabotage on Jordan. Kellyanne will use hers on Kayla. I think that is going to be straightforward no matter what the thing is, what happens, that's who's going to get those. I believe since we know next week is trivia, I think West will win the trivia. Uh, he definitely has the best knowledge of challenge history, and I feel like they've been leaning towards challenge history on All-Stars trivia. Um, so we will see. I also, bonus throw in, I think the bananas, uh, you know, screenshot more or less moment of him laughing on screen and what looked like a zoom video, um, that we saw in the, this season on trailer way back when, and got us all, you know, tried to trick to me, totally got me to think that they were going to use mercenaries and bananas was going to show up. I think bananas might just, his thing might be reading, reading some of the trivia questions or something over video. That could be an interesting little wrinkle or fun thing to just have him pop on a screen or whatever for the trivia and then get to do a TJ laugh of, uh, of someone falling, whatever, maybe we'll see. But then the final one, uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I have a feeling that this Naya Jordan, their storyline is so intertwined on this season. I feel like they're going to both go in and both go home next week together, going out of the game together right before the final. I hope I am wrong, but that is my third and final prediction. And the, the last thing to talk about, I guess, since we've referenced it a few times, is it seems like there's only two episodes left. seems like TJ signaled very clearly in this episode there's only one daily left because there's only one round of sabotages left and then said at the end, you know, you're so close to the final, like, you know, stay focused, whatever he said at this point. So it's feeling like we're in for two more episodes, uh, an episode seven and then a final in episode eight, which also would mean calendar-wise that there would then be either a reunion possibility or just an open week on the calendar before then the Challenge USA starts on Paramount+. Plus. I would have assumed that they would just run those right into each other and even possibly overlap them, which I talked about on Monday when I thought I said, you know, All-Stars, I don't know, I think it's nine episodes, but there's a chance it could be 10 and they could overlap. Incorrect on both counts. Looks like it's eight and looks like there will be a week gap between them. So that is uh it's not a prediction. That's just a final final statement on what we saw in this episode, episode six of All Stars Three. We've covered it all in excruciating detail, as always. Thank you so much for listening through the entire thing, for being here today, and for being a part of this wonderful, wonderful challenge community that we all love so much. As always, hit follow, hit subscribe, throw us a five-star rating if you don't mind. Love seeing those come through. And if you want to do less than five stars, that's fine. Just make sure it's an honest, give a real critique. If you're going to hit something under five stars, then do so. Feel free, but uh, leave a review with it so I can know. Give me some constructive feedback. You can do the same thing over at Challenge Historian on Instagram. Slide in the DMs over there. Let me know anything you're liking, not liking, questions you have, things you'd love to see covered, or just general challenge commentary. Love hearing from you. With that, Thank you so much. We'll be back on Friday. Battle of the Sexes 2. Get to binging. We're about to hit 
uh, you know, we're only one season away from when Paramount Plus will have all the seasons we're talking about, so we're super-duper close, but get to binging. We'll be back Friday. Hope you enjoyed that and enjoy your weekend. Until we talk again, peace.